shall call this January 12th, 2023 meeting to order. And um, let's see, we are going to, at this time, oh, we'll take a roll call vote first. And right. Michelle Kirkby and Leo Brem will be coming late. They're at the right. Dale Street concert for their kids. So let's take a roll call vote. Jessica Riley here. Tim Knight here. Anna May O'Shea Brooke here. Perfect. So at this time, um, citizens at this time may address the committee on items of school business, not on the agenda. The committee will take such items under advisement without action at the meeting during which the item is presented. Matters pertaining to the reputation, character, physical condition, mental health or mental health of individuals will not be permitted. And members of the public will also be welcome to comment during public input um, through Zoom. Please raise your Zoom hand. We ask that you keep your camera on when making a Zoom comment and that you follow school committee policy for public input, including speaking for no more than three minutes and only on topics under the purview of the school committee. So at this time, do we have any public input? Tim, you're gonna monitor Zoom. Anyone here? Nobody's raising their hand. Nope. <clears throat> what? Nope. You're good. Nope. Okay. Fantastic. I don't believe your microphone's in. My microphone? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Super. So these microphones are specifically to uh, broadcast oh, out. So that's not hooked up to the. It's hooked up to the television. Oh. Okay. To can the you, Can you TV. not hear me? <clears throat> okay. All right. I'll I'll try and project. Okay, sorry about that. You have seats in the front row if you want. We can upgrade you. <laughs> it's like being at church. Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, at this time, we will um, take a look at the minutes and seek approval of regular session from November 29th, 2022, December 1st, 2022, December 6th, 2022, and December 8th, 2022. Uh Move to approve. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Wonderful. And um, can we please release the executive session minutes of August 11th, 2021? Move to approve. We have second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Wonderful. Great. That is done. So, new business. Culturally responsive practices vision statement, Mr. Vaughn and Ms. Hagen. So Madam Chair, as you know that this has been an initiative that we've been doing for the last few years and we've done pockets of our diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And we felt it was time for the district to develop a vision statement so that we're all kind of rolling in the same direction, not doing five different silos of the work. So um, they'll tell you how it happened, but it started this summer. And I know they alluded to it earlier with their, with their kickoff uh, presentation to the committee, but um, Nat and Brenda. Um, based on uh, 
the work of Zaretta Hammond that we discussed last time you were here um, during faculty meetings and um, over the last couple months with the input uh, from representatives from that summer group and the leadership team and department chairs, we've developed this draft of a vision statement that we're sharing with you today. And so um, part of the, the way the work was, we first looked at the DESE guidelines, which is the hyperlink within the packet that you have, um, which is the Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, culturally responsive teaching and leading. And it, it, it's similar to the teaching rubric, but it really has a rubric structure for how educators, so it's aligned with what the state's expectations and aligned with sort of the frameworks for this work um, for all educators. So we started with that. Um, and then looked at our mission statement, being the district mission statements within the schools, and also gathered vision statements from various schools and educational organizations. And with the summer group that we had that Brenda was talking about, um, we met this fall after the kickoff summer work and really looked at a number of statements, um, really started to pick and see what resonated um, with our own district and, and values and beliefs and went from there and then really the number of us um, in the team from there's representation from all five schools and administration um, called information and tried to synthesize commonalities that we felt aligned with all of those pieces um, and came up with a draft statement, um, sent the draft to a representative group of the summer group, um, brought it to the leadership team, to the department chairs, um, and a lot of collective uh, revisioning and thanks to Brenda's expertise as an English teacher and former department chair. <laughs> helping with some wordsmithing as well. Um, we're it collectively. And our hope and plan is, if this is adopted um, voted tonight um, in the affirmative by the committee, um, we would then bring it to, we being the collectively, we bring it to each of the buildings at some upcoming faculty meetings and take some professional development time to really look at the different aspects and both global or macro and micro levels to see what does this look like for us as a school, as departments, and then also in, in individual teacher roles, how does that fit in? And then also bring it with our site councils as well um, to really think about making sure that we're engaging the community in this work as well. Um, and seeing some of the alignment, and it really does dovetail, hopefully, and hopefully you'll see, that it dovetails with a lot of the work that we're doing um, within our initiatives of professional development already in the district. So, um, I, I can, I'll read it aloud to, uh, knowing that the public doesn't have a copy and I also know I can speak quickly so tell me if I need to slow down. Um, so it's the, this, is the, this is our proposal for the Medfield School Committee for a culturally responsive vision statement for the Medfield Public Schools. The Medfield Public Schools is committed to providing a safe, equitable, and inclusive environment, striving to prepare our students to live productive lives in a, in a diverse and ever-evolving world. To meet this commitment, we will aim to foster a school environment in which all members of the school community feel a sense of belonging and safety, provide equity of opportunity and access for every student, develop and continually update curricula that affirms and is reflective of diverse perspectives, experiences, and identities, employ current research-based instructional practices and pedagogy, provide ongoing opportunities for professional growth for all staff centered around culturally responsive pedagogy, commit to recruiting, hiring, and supporting staff from diverse backgrounds and experiences, and partner with families, caregivers, community members, and organizations to promote the learning and growth of all students. And at the bottom of the vision statement draft, just so the community
community hears as well, is that this is developed in accordance with the DESE guidance that we alluded to earlier. So happy to answer any questions about the process or how this came together. And I think what the committee uh, that worked over the summer and then worked this fall is asking is for you know, affirmation of the, of the school committee to make this our statement ongoing so that um, when we, we start doing this work even more that we're following our own vision statement as we move forward with this work. So I think it's really important for all of our staff, all of our teachers to have support with this and I would encourage you know, the committee to support this as well. Super. Now how are you folks going to roll it out to all schools so that everybody is aware of this, so to speak? So we talked about it um, at our last uh, leadership meeting and um, so the idea is to take the statement back to a faculty meeting in each building um, and then actually flesh out each bullet. So, you know, I'm envisioning like paper, you know, around with each bullet with teachers kind of how does this, then what are the practical aspects of this? How do we meet this goal in the classroom, in the building, as your role, you know, so different roles having input um, and then maybe even forming committee, you know, we haven't fleshed it out that far, but um, I think each building going through that same process will help us be unified and help us kind of work together, same goals, and then almost like a vertical alignment. What does it look like at this level? What does it look like at this level? Very good. <coughs> I think for also, and then um, I think the hope is then bring it back to what we're seeing collectively. And then also there's going to be areas that we know that we are behind on or that we feel like we've made some progress in this area and knowing, well, all right, well, then what would that look like? And that will work. And I, you know, I know the DEI task force is meeting next week, next week, mm -hmm. next week, which will be a good also avenue, hopefully, to use this as a framework. As, as Jeff was saying, sort of as, a, as our guide to think when ideas come forward, does this align with what we're trying to do? And if not, why? And maybe what, what does that look like? Okay, beautiful. Um, so I have a question, <clears throat> and I'll explain <clears throat> the question in a minute. But uh, what what bad things happen if it's not approved tonight? Like, can can we do that? What you just described, bring it to each building, sorry, bring it to the building, align with the, you know, those folks, align with the different buildings, you know, bring it back, see what we are seeing collectively. Can we do that without voting and accepting it right now? I mean, I, I can venture a, a statement, um, Maro, Jeff, if you want to. No, I, I would say sure, of course we could do that yeah. without it, but I mean, I think symbolically it sends a great message if the school committee supports yeah. it from the. From the, from the start, you know, Absolutely. versus yeah, yeah I'm not. So I, I'm not. Um, it's it's hard not to support the right, no, that I see. Understood. Um, and I'm not. Gonna, the second question I would ask is: Is there anything in here, um, you know, that, that's different or changing from what we have, other than maybe we don't have something specific mm -hmm. to it? Um, but I also I think higher level, I would say um, we just saw it for the first time. I think in the packet. Nobody from the community has seen it, and it would be worthwhile to um, have more time to get some input before voting it in. Uh, that, that's my opinion right now, and I'm one of five <coughs> on the committee, and two other members are not here. Mm -hmm. um, but that's my immediate reaction to it, and, and, and it's not in any way, shape, or form saying I don't support it. I'm just saying this is a you know, very, very important topic. If, mm -hmm. if you're saying, hey, this is our framework, this is the draft, and, and we in the school committee, we sometimes with a policy, it's like a reading one. Mm -hmm. I support it as I see it. I just, I, I have that's my only, yeah. 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 That's, I, that's I my hesitation. Just sure, yeah. 
Um, I think that there is a very fine line. I don't, I, if we want to uh, either postpone this to the, you know, postpone this agenda item until our other two members are here, yeah. that's fine. Um, or if we were to even choose to postpone it until the next meeting, that's fine as well. But I do want to make sure that we are not uh, putting ourselves in the position in which we are legislating something that is ethically and morally correct. Yes. You know, like that's, that's just a bad message all over the place. Like opening it to the community and saying, do you, do you believe in equity? Do you think we should put this in there? Do you believe in culturally responsive practice? No. When you're, when you are leaders and you are in a leadership position within the community, sometimes you have to say this is the right thing to do. That makes me sometimes popular and sometimes not, but I don't see any, I don't see anything radical in here. We're simply saying every child in this district, every teacher in this district, and every member of this community deserves to be respected from where they are within their culture. You know, we can make a much bigger deal out of it than it actually is, but in the, at the bottom, it's really just about being human and being accepted. That's my that's my general feeling. And and I agree with that. And um, um, but to Tim's point, I'm I'm happy to move this. I mean, I'm ready to vote now, but I'm I'm ready to. Uh, I'm also happy to move this down until you know Leo and Michelle get here right. and hear their input as well. Um, but I think this is fair, reasonable, our responsibility to do as, as school committee members. And also if, you know, DEI, people just need to, to continue the work that mm -hmm. needs to be done. And um, this would give a framework for the DEI task force starting next week. So I would be in favor of voting for it tonight, but um, I'd like to hear what Leo and Michelle have to say. And so. this does align with our policies. And there is nothing in here that says, you know, that we are changing any part school committee policy. This is a vision I'm statement, not, yeah. you know. And I'm, I'm saying that. Like, yeah, like I, 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 I think your point. my, you know, potential delay, I, I look at is health, um, a healthy process. You know, the, the other question I might say, and this is, okay, great. We have our vision statement. What are we going to do, you know, differently? You know, where is the points of emphasis? Where do we see change? Like, I, I think that's part of our process. I know we continue to, to do th Those are just my immediate reactions. But that's part um, of Dr. Marsden's job within his, within his staff, within the staff that is moving this forward. You know, our, our goal and our responsibility is to look at something and say, does it align with our policies? Is this the right thing to do? Does this support students? Is this the best for them? And that that last statement should always be the first one. And I I don't feel the need to to put procedures or anything like that in place. This is going to work itself out within the classroom, within community conversations, within the conversations between parents and caregivers and community members I, but I do I do think I would feel more comfortable if um, we were able to put the the vote in the discussion a little further down sure um, and I'm sorry I, sh I should have realized that yeah, you would yeah. but um, 
So I'm, I'm, do you mind waiting? Okay. Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah, I understand. I would just, I would hate to deprive them of the, yes, the opportunity the to also be no worries. part of this. Yeah. Sure. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, the other Thank thing you. we could do, and, and just throwing it out there, is that uh, we could bring this back at the next meeting on the 26th mm -hmm. after the public hearing. Um, that would allow some, not all of the buildings, but some of the buildings to do what um, Brenda and Nat had talked about. And maybe there's additional feedback at that point so you could get additional feedback before we do the vote. That's fine too. I mean, I think whatever you choose. They're, they're going so to be here on the, on the 26th anyway because it's a budget hearing. So Yeah, again, and I'm that, that's kind of just where I'm all for. There's nothing I'm saying is, is opposed to anything in here. And, and, and it's all appreciation for everything done to get here. Um, my question was, what bad things happen if we don't? And it says, hey, this is the draft <clears throat> of the vision statement that we've brought to the school committee. Our next step was to bring it back to these faculty meetings in each building and get that feedback. You know, maybe there's some interesting feedback. And, and that's the only thing I'm I'm suggesting is, is um, I'm, everything in here I support. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, but if we and, and it is coincidental it tonight, that I'm feedback will happen the intent that we were thinking was to build off of this yeah. not necessarily for feedback because feedback has been brought in not that we don't want it from for more staff but just in the sense of the intent of bringing it back and that may be different depending on what happens tonight mm -hmm. but just knowing that the intent was at the faculty meetings was to really dig into the statements and, right. and show what it looks like and to see what it actually what, what it looks like in your building in your classroom to, to, to your to your point each <clears throat> both almost every one of these bolts comes directly from the department of ed yeah right. and and so is it going to change the work <clears throat> i would not say no i think it's going to clarify the work and also give a sense and, and sometimes it is a like jeff was saying a, a symbolic right. piece and something that for staff that may have questions, families that may have questions, why, where is this coming from? Where is that? We don't have that right now. Right. Right. Is the beliefs, I think, within internally? Absolutely. And it's part of the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Certainly not perfectly. Lots, lots of room for improvement. But I think I just wouldn't say that. I don't think it'll change it. I think it will just solidify. I don't know. I don't want it to might give that. you concrete examples of what it looks like within yeah. each building, but it won't and change the, yeah. you know, the, right. the bullet points. I would feel comfortable at least postponing the vote until they get here. They get here, yeah. and then we can decide. You know, if exactly. you want to bring it to the floor, I yeah. would be willing to vote on it right now. But yeah, if Tim felt like that wasn't the case, you know, we could we address can it discuss with the it. other two. I, I think that's fair. Lily, All do, right. Do you have? I'm so sorry. I'm not the chair here, but could we ask Lily yeah, about sure. some of? Have you have you been able to read the, the vision statement? Do you have any input into this? I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, you don't have to, but. I don't have anything like opposed to the vision statement. I think it's a good idea, especially to have it like in writing, yeah. so like they can refer back to it when they need it. I agree. Okay. Thanks. All right, so we're gonna table you for a All second. Good. All good. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right. Lovely. Next on the agenda is the Madeline L. Grant Scholarship Award winners. There are two of them. Yes, and, and as you know, each year we vote on these so that the town can release the money to the students. Um, so I would ask you to approve and to release the funds of the Madeline Grant Scholarship in the amount of $3,000 for each of the MHS 22 graduates, Rachel Parry and Lulu Brook. Brook. Yes. <laughs> I ask that you, you approve as presented. So moved, and congratulations to both. A second in both matters. Yes. All in favor? Aye. 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 Wonderful. Great, um, thank you.
do you do you, I always hate to to do these scholarship things and not have a little bit of background on them. Can you remind me what the Madeline grant is, Dr. Morrison? Or I'm sorry, I know that we've done this before. You know we have. It's like the the higher achieving. Students. Well, yeah, I was. Uh, do we remember who Madeline Grant was? I'm so sorry. I had I, a write up on it last time, and yes, I don't, I don't, and I don't yeah. have it with me this uh, time. I know. I'm sorry, I, I don't just, have it. We will put it in in the packet, and it's not yes. because we yep. don't appreciate it. It's just sometimes getting to meetings. No, and it's a very generous, generous scholarship. For sure. It's very Thank much you. so. So, um, all right. Any other items since posting on January 10th? No, Madam Chair. Okay, great. Um, FY24 budget update. So as you know, we have our budget hearing coming up on the 26th. Um, it did appear in the Hometown Weekly, the advertisement for it. It's going to appear next Thursday and the Thursday after as well. So um, we've certainly made the requirement, which is um, 10 days prior. So that is in there three times to every home in the in the district. Good. Okay. Thank you. Um, so Michael and I continue to work on that. Um, we are we're a fine tuning. We're trying to get below uh, the 5.65 that we presented in December. So we're looking at areas around electric and utilities and also um, special education. So those are the, the points that we're looking at. We're meeting again tomorrow afternoon to try to go through some of this and, and get it down. So as you know, we'll do that presentation um, on the 26th. And um, at that point, you know, we're looking to see what, we haven't met with the town yet at all to see where, where they're at and, and what the numbers they're looking to do. So um, we're still working on it. You know, there's, there's retirements that come in. There's, you know, we're waiting to see what happens with uh, the high school course selection to see if there's reductions there as well. As we talked about in December where uh, we have a lower enrollment at the high school and we have additional staffing there so we're, we're looking to see if we can uh, make some adjustments there as well so still working on it unfortunately it, it's you know not all of it will be um, a clear picture by the 26th of january as we know we go through this whole process every year so we will put the entire budget online as we have every year and once we're done with that that will go online prior to uh, the 26th the line by line like we do with each um do you have any update on the state's response to the superintendents um, requesting that uh, the 14% increase on <coughs> tuition. I'm just being hopeful. I, I yeah, imagine that's not, that that's not going anywhere. It's going to stay. That's a real shame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not because I mean, it's, it's just not, neither entity is wealthy, yeah. either the schools or the, um, the specialized schools, you know, the 7066 or the or the public schools, but it's kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, just so you know, too, that um, because of a new administration, um, the, new, the new governor gets a, a couple extra months to do the budget. So um, Governor Healy's budget I, will be due <clears throat> a little bit later than what we've expected in the timeline. So we won't get those numbers as far as Chapter 70 for a while. So we're going to have to do educated guesses, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that we... it's going to be more than $25 a student increase. I mean... Um, yeah. As I said, but I, I was talking to MCP the other night, you know, one of the things, if you look back at the early 2000s in Medfield, each year it was going up, you know, three, four, five, six hundred thousand one year, um, state aid. And now we get $65,000 extra a year. So, yeah. um, as we've, we've, the problem extra, isn't really with, the problem is with the state funding. I mean, they've kind of really pushed that back on the cities and towns. And when you have mm -hmm. a community that doesn't have a commercial base and it's all in the real estate's back, homeowners that's, that's what we're dealing yeah. with the so. state needs to take that up but yeah we'll see we'll see what happens with the the new administration hopefully we get additional okay. funding with the schools 
even if it's fifty dollars, if we get oh, hundred and you know thirty thousand, it's amazing. It's yeah. good. And what, um, I'm just checking the notes from before. What what was the um, increase right now? Is it standing? Five point six five. Okay, so standing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's still there now, but it will be lower than that by the time we get to the budget hearing. All right. Um, appeal of superintendent's decision on um, the library books establish an appeal process. Um, we talked about it briefly at the last meeting, um, but I spoke to um, Andy, our, our counsel, and just to clarify, because during my tenureship of nine years on school committee, we've never had to do this before, and to my knowledge, in the recent past beyond that, I don't recall um, a pr this type of process. So I wanted to make doubly sure that we were going down the right path mm -hmm. in terms, so we talked about policy, the procedure that's in place. So um, this will be an agenda item uh, in open session at our February um, school committee meeting. And um, I will ask that school committee members, please review the report, the comments, the supporting documents um, regarding the, um, the requests, and um, also the video. We spent two school committee meetings with um, public comment over an hour each, so um, I suggest reviewing that as well, as well as reading the books. And um, at that time, we will either affirm the decision of the superintendent or not. And um, we will take a roll call vote. And um, so that's how we will do the appeal process. Any questions on that? Um, my, only, my question was, and I, I've read it a couple of times, like, do our, where, where, did Andy, um, find within the policy manual where that is clearly yes. that is a clear process. Yes, it because is. It's, that was, yes. I, I thought we had concluded it and it may, I may have just. So policy um, IIAE, um, there, you know, he said this, this fell under ideology. And then um, there's a phrase after that section where it says we use adopted procedures so there was a procedure that is um, that was created for this, and um, that last step was the appeal process, where um, a person could appeal the superintendent's decision within the seven school days after receiving receiving no receiving notification, and um, the and the request needs to just be in writing to the school committee chair which we received, but then there's no instruction thereafter. So this is really up to us. And that is why I sought guidance from our council to clarify. Does that make sense? So, um, and, and without right this minute looking at IIAE. Yeah. Um, so we get at the appeal. Yeah. And the process whereby we, we review and potentially um, and so we, you know, we affirm or not. Or not. Yes. Um, that's our, that's the process that is up to us. Yes. And so that's the process that you're recommending. Yes. That we follow. 
Yes. Okay. And um, in the event that we affirm, it, it, the decision stands in the, in the event that we do not, then what? We'll cross that bridge. Okay. You know, we'll have to then, then if we don't, we'll, you know, we'd have to then, um, probably, you know, remove the books if we don't from the high school. Okay. And I'm not, I'm trying, I'm being procedural. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, not, I'm not trying to, I, you know, genuinely just trying to make sure. Yes. So that we, so then we, um, and paraphrasing it, so we, you, we hold another meeting to, discuss that well um, actually well it's just going to be during open session in correct. our february meeting hi there so you folks are now in at 738 leo bremen michelle kirkby welcome i'm just hope you enjoyed the concert um so we're just talking about the um the appeal process for the decision on the library books i was just stating that um I had a quick conversation with Andy, our counsel today, um, because I wanted to make doubly, triply sure um, that we're going about this in the, the right way. And um, he had suggested that um, all committee members um, review the reports, review the comments, the supporting documents, I'm also suggesting, you know, we spent those two school committee meetings with an extensive um, public comment period to, to review that, um, to review the video all, and read the books. And um, our task is then to either affirm the decision made by the superintendent or not. At the, at the February um, school committee meeting. It'll be an agenda item. All right, so I do have one question. Are we affirming that we believe Dr. Marsden went through the correct procedure, meaning that he assigned it to people within the community who were able to, it, within our school community, within the experts within our school community and listened to the people who presented, um, and looked at it with current pedagogy, current uh, understanding of, um, of education, things that are covered in our vision statement that we have not yet voted on. But I would assume that that would be a pretty good framework for what we were looking at. Are we looking to see that he went through the correct procedure? Or are we saying, in the end, uh, we believe that Dr. Marsden did not make the right choice for the children of our district, because those are two very different things. And I'm very concerned that we make sure that we put together a, a correct mission statement for this, because I don't think the five of us are any more qualified than the people who really spent their time discussing, looking at, have PhDs and EDDs and multiple years of education around this. So I want to make sure that we know exactly what it is that we're voting on. Do we believe that Dr. Marsden didn't do the right procedure or do we believe uh, that it just, that it's our own morality that, that we're kind of questioning here, right? Like that we're imposing our sense of what should be there. Like, and I think that's an important question for us 
to yeah. talk about because it is two very different decisions. It might seem a little messy, but I think it's important because this is about <clears throat> this is about acceptance. This is about kids. This is about how kids feel, whether they have a safe space here. And so that's not necessarily part of this debate, but it is here tonight. But it it should be a part of how we understand our mission. So I would like to open that up to the rest of the community uh, committee, if I may, Madam yeah. Chair, to, to see kind of if I am parsing too much or if that is something that um, that you would be willing and interested in discussing. Because I think we need to know what we're deciding. I think that's a fair question. So I guess what I would ask is what was the uh, spirit or essence of the process of appealing to the school committee? Um, Within the policy? Yeah. So I think that's the interpretation of that particular policy of why, you know, what is our role? Is our role to say uh, that we felt that the process was flawed or that the outcome was flawed, right? So um, I think that's what you're asking, I, right? That's what I'm asking. Yeah. You know, like, do we do we look and question? Um, it, it's a little bit like, um, do we look and question our staff, their decisions, and what they bring to the table, saying, yeah, but we're gonna do something different because we don't agree with it, or we do agree with it. Either way, we're making a decision about what their expertise and professional opinion is, taking into account what our community has told us. Um, or, or are we saying that the procedure wasn't correct? Right? Like, are, like, that's really, like, what, what exactly is the appeal here okay. that we would decide? How I see this yeah. is that we are either agreeing with what Dr. Marsden finally decided after the reports, after the comments, after feedback from the, the appeal committee, and that is what we're affirming. Either we agree with his judgment or we don't. What is the rest of the community? committee feel about that does that seem like and the if right we agree decision? the books stay in the high school as he recommended if we do not agree <clears throat> to me personally it says I I'm thinking we remove the books right well or I don't know start or, or start remove from the high school and put one back at the Middle school. Yeah, or exactly. Right. I mean, I think what I think is, that we Andy, shouldn't hop from procedure to action. It was either affirming or 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 not your your decision. Okay. That's what you've <clears throat> yes. that it's affirming his decision specifically. Correct. Okay, but what is the affirmation based on? Right. That he that, that Dr. Morrison went right through the correct the procedure. procedure. Mm-hmm and made a decision mm -hmm. based on on the, the feedback, feedback that he had gotten from the correct recommendation mm -hmm. yes yes mm -hmm. yes the recommendation excuse me all right so i just want to make sure that we're being very clear about what we're looking I, I at because it's yes. really yeah. yes we're, i'm not i'm not fighting it at all i'm just saying waters. <laughs> mm, yes. i know mm -hmm. it will not be an expression i miss at all this uncharted waters part so do we feel like that would be yes okay so by the Feb february 6th 
everyone should do their due diligence and um, the reports, the comments, the supporting documents, the videos, make sure you're done with the two books and um, be prepared for a discussion. All right. All right, great, thank you. Um, new elementary school project. Who's got an update? Anyone get an email? Nope. <laughs> no? I haven't. Did you get one? I got an email to do the ethics training and to swear in. Yes. But that's it. No new, no first meeting date? Nope. Not that I've heard of. No, it's, it's my understanding it's going to be this month. Hmm. The meeting is? The meeting is yeah. going to be this month. Yeah, that's my understanding. The motion, things are in motion. Right. You know, you, they needed... Um, Marion told me that the select board was going to finalize a decision the other night on when the first meeting would be, but I haven't heard anything since. Okay. I heard that was an epic meeting, okay. um, and I haven't heard um, the final, but it was my understanding um, that you need an interim chair to at least call the meeting and start it, and then you folks will be on your way. Okay. So that should be happening soon. I thought it was a week of the 23rd at some point, but I'm not, I haven't heard anything. That was okay. what the whispers were. Yeah. All right, they're probably still solidifying a date. And they are going to have it, I think, an option to either zoom in or be in person. I think they're hoping for in person, but okay, okay. that was the intent. All right. Well, anyways, it's going to start. Um, we've got a great committee. Community engagement and communication. <coughs> Any updates? Michelle? Um, sure. We have our virtual informal conversation happening next Wednesday, January 18th via Zoom, seven to eight. Tim and Leo, yes? Yes. Formerly yes. known as office hours, but it's not an office. Rebranded, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rebranded. <laughs> um, yeah, so the um, posted about that. There'll be something in the patch about that shortly. It'll be via Zoom. Um, social media followers are stabilizing, um, but we've been having increased engagement overall on our posts, so I feel like that's you know, kind of the goal that you're looking for. Um, so yeah, overall things have been going in a positive direction. Cool, thank you. And how did um, the, you had the first meeting, I think in December, mm -hmm. uh, how did that go? Yeah, they recapped. Yeah, we had two people show up. One of them wanted to discuss, um, one of them oh, actually yeah. wanted to just kind of. Um, you may have, actually, I think you, you, yeah. you've already we covered yes, this we before. Covered I can it. check my yeah. other notes. Yes. Okay. And it's in the minutes for, um, that were approved yeah. tonight. Um, um, yeah, so, it, but it was basically about one person mm -hmm. wanted to address kind of the substitute issues and mm -hmm. um, which, you know, are familiar to us, but, you know, they had some great suggestions and then another uh, party really wanted to be able to talk about uh, the differences between PTO and site council and different ways um, parents can be involved and really clarify some of the, the rumors and things that they had heard out there about the differences. So, okay, cool, perfect, all righty. I'm, I'm not actually looking at my phone, I'm, I'm looking at our documents, this is kind of. All right, very good. All right, so we are now gonna go back 
to um, we save something special. Sorry, we, yes, we, we skipped or we did skip. We started, but then we thought your input is very important this evening as well. So we uh, are. I thought I got to skip that. Nope. <laughs> oh, Leah, that's not kind. But he brought out he brought slides on handouts. So Don't take you can see all of them. I think he's. <laughs> Um, so we're going back to the culturally responsive practices vision statement. <laughs> we dance this time? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, so, um, so last time we were here, um, we gave an overview of culturally responsive practices with members of our site council um, and the work that we did with the summer with uh, over 35 members of the district, um, teachers and administrators. Um, so we went over the summer work um, out of the need or sorry I did better the first time first draft was better um, <laughs> so out of the summer work came a need and a desire for a vision statement um, for the district so we can kind of unify um, guide our work together unify our approach across buildings um, and so throughout the fall we've been weaving in professional development um, that came out first out of the DEI task force and then out of kind of work and research that we did over the summer um, so we have been doing professional development during faculty meetings grounded in these practices and also approaches endorsed by DESI. And over the last couple months, we developed this vision statement um, that we're sharing with you today um, that started with the summer group and kind of evolved. And Nat will talk a little bit about how it was written. Um, so from the summer work, um, that Brenda referenced and we talked about last time, um, that consisted of about over 35 educators across the district, including the entire leadership team um, and representative staff from all five buildings. Um, and so from the summer work, one of the pieces that was, uh, we felt like a, a need, and that kind of came from everyone for a, a statement, um, a vision statement that would help guide the work. So to do that, we really started with uh, the Department of Ed's guidelines for this work, um, and there's a link within the packet um, that's it's called the Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education Culturally Responsive Teaching and Leading, and it's it's really a, the way it's structured is a rubric that spells out um, guidelines and structures for that work that you'll see within when you if you look at that you'll see within the bullet points that we have in the draft elements from each of those. Um, also looked at our mission statement from the district and each of the five schools, and then um, really looked at a bunch of samples from. Um, various schools at all levels, um, higher ed, um, elementary, and educational organizations, just to see what that looked like. Um, and then through a collective process, um, we met with uh, the group this fall and really picked them apart um, and really took elements of what we wanted. Um, and then what came to the surface, we then synthesized and as a collective group, collectively um, formed together a draft and sent to a representative um, grouping from the summer group. And then from there, uh, shared the draft with our leadership team, um, with department chairs across the district, and refined it collectively. I mentioned earlier, um, Brenda's uh, experience as an English department chair and English teacher really helped with that process. Um, and then um, really our hope moving forward is if this is voted on in the affirmative tonight, we would then, our next step would be to bring it to buildings and staff at each of the five buildings to really break it down um, and look at for, from each bullet, what does that actually look like for each school? Um, each department, each teacher, each role, and see, and some will be more pertaining to others, but kind of see where, where are we? Do we feel like we are hitting some marks and doing this work? Where haven't we begun? 
um, and where do we need to do that? Um, so I will read aloud the statement because I know the public doesn't have a copy. Um, so this is our proposal for the Medfield School Committee, culturally responsive vision statement, Medfield Public Schools. The Medfield Public Schools is committed to providing a safe, equitable, and inclusive environment, striving to prepare our students to live productive lives in a diverse and ever-evolving world. To meet this commitment, we will aim to foster a school environment in which all members of the school community feel a sense of belonging and safety, provide equity of opportunity and access for every student, develop and continually update curricula that affirms and is reflective of diverse perspectives, experiences, and identities, employ current research-based instructional practices and pedagogy, provide ongoing opportunities for professional growth for all staff centered around culturally responsive pedagogy, commit to recruiting, hiring, and supporting staff from diverse backgrounds and experiences, and partner with families, caregivers, community members, and organizations to promote the learning and growth of all students. And then just at the bottom of the vision statement, we have the link to DESE's guidance um, and the rubric that they've shared, which uh, each of the bullet points really, you'll find elements within that framework. What's your vision for how this will be applied to the buildings and the different departments? So Can you just go like kind of the step on who's, who's going to be administrating this, who's going to be doing this, how is it going to work? Yeah, so Amir, do you want to? Okay, sure. Um, so really thinking, I mean, Brenda had shared, and I think it's a nice idea that our thought is that at Faculty to really actually have chart paper around the room with bullets, and it'll be led to the faculty meeting process, and we would preview it ahead of time, you know, send it out, and um, I think Dr. Marsden had shared, if this is voted in the affirmative, that would be sent to the district in the next couple of days, um, and to, so if people have time to do that. We also have the DEI task force next week, um, which is reconvening um, to bring together, and then really thinking about kind of taking it one step at a time and see where does that come, have some conversations um, and see what applies. And then it, it, most of this work, and I would say all of this work really, um, and this question came from Tim earlier, um, does this change the direction? I would not say it changes the direction. I think it really just helps center the direction for a compass to come back to. And then I think um, what I would venture to guess is that Elements of this will be part of the strategic plan. That, that would be my, my guess that, that, that Dr. Marsden's been talking about. So I think it's really thinking about it as a guidepost for our work and, and sort of a checkpoint that, you know, along with um, the other piece I neglected to mention this um, time was that in addition to bringing to our staff that it would be part of a site council as well, that each of the site councils and really bring that in to make sure that we are working with community and what that looks like. Expectations of the district, like yeah. what we expect our folks to do, and right. everyone's in a different, you know, place in their journey with this work. So I think, you know, it, it clearly outlines the expectations what we we think we should be doing in the classroom, at the classroom level, and at the school level. Yeah. One piece too is just, I mean, oftentimes we try not to use too much, you know, air quote edgy babble. I mean, because I think <clears> when we use terms, what does that term actually mean for us? What is equity? What is this? And I think that's part of this work too. So that I think it's so important with any work that we do particularly with work that can um, feel more, again, air quotes sensitive, I think it's really important that when we use terminology that we, we're, as best we can, come to common terms about what those words mean and what that applies to. So um, I have a follow-up because I'm glad I heard it twice. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, I guess I will ask it this way. So the, um, the link is it's culturally responsive teaching and leading and then you you brought it forward and that that helps with where my concern was you you brought it forward as cultural responsive vision statement 
and it, it, and the only thing I was thinking out of it is that's where I'm saying it's all looking at it from all perspectives, where the link you put it in is teaching and leading, which which to me that says okay I, I have a better understanding that it, and I'm going to look at my notes again, um, but as as you reviewed it, it was more amongst the the, the faculty. So was it is there a was that by design that you remove not not remove you know that's not in there but when I when I hear cultural responsive vision statement I just think about it as all yeah um, I know we're, it's nuanced yeah but it's still that's kind of what um, drove my initial reaction is like hey well what about you know getting input from across the board if you're no, saying no, it's, I, I think it's a fair point as far as like truly the, the title. Of, of this piece because I think part of that is is thinking the teaching and leading really is the scope of what we are you know what's in the scope and locus of control if you will. not I don't mean control me or influence I guess it's thinking it's, it's on us it's not saying that it's not part of the community but I think that's a fair point as far as what that title might be that just that yeah I mean it that that's where I at least it, you know like because I, I think no matter what it sounds to me there is a you know well thought out process of gathering and gaining feedback. Um, that process might surface, hey, you know what, bullet number X, we really wanna refine that a little bit. And you would bring it back to us, right? And I'm, I'm okay with that. And it's it's more about amongst the faculty, which is because it's teaching and leading. So, so I, I, would, I would just say that's, but I, I think that is, to, to me, otherwise I'm thinking, is it a vision statement across the board? <clears throat> it represents it, but the process you follow, is, is within that teaching and leading. So, so that, that's the only thing that I, changes how I look at it. And I don't know if anyone else gets hung up. I sometimes do get hung up. <laughs> I'm definitely not. Um, but I'm, I'm, unless there are any other comments, I'm ready to, to, to ask for a motion to entertain. Um, Do we need public comment? Public this, oh yes, excuse me, thank you. Yes, please. Yep, now's right, thank you. Well, and, and even before, if, if we do that, though, if it is, could it be culturally responsive teaching and leading vision states? Yeah, let's like, see. And I'm, I'm not, I just, that's what I say. I, I didn't get a chance to really look through it until today, so I, I at least looked at the link. Mm -hmm. Just thoughts on the Curve Street. Um, I think, first and foremost, that I really want to make sure that. Um, that I state is that I just think this, I, I agree with the confusion on the vision statement in terms of whether this is an internal document for staff and learning or whether it's for the community as, at large. Um, I think this is an excellent document. I, there's nothing in here that I would dis personally disagree with. I think it's excellent. I think it's wonderful. I think it reflects who we should be as a district. The only thing that jumps out at me that I, I have a very difficult time with is there was a statement made tonight that um, that this vision, this document, aligns with our policies, except our policies don't align with this vision. We have policies that are missing language to reflect this vision. So how do you reconcile, from a school committee standpoint, how to get the policies in line with the vision? I'll give you some examples. Second point here is provide equity of opportunity and access for every student. We have policies that are supposed to include immigration status is in the language, and they don't. We have um, the second point about curriculum. 
we have policies um, with regard to curriculum that don't include gender identity. Those words are missing from, from those, that po certain policies. And I have examples in there of which ones they are. The, um, the, la the, la the other point about hiring and supporting staff from various backgrounds, we have a policy, GCF, that um, doesn't include gender identity. So does that mean that we're not gonna be hiring staff you know, that represent that demographic? <clears throat> Um, so I think that's where, that's where I struggle with this, is that I think this is a wonderful statement that should be adopted, but I also think that we have work to do as a district, as a school committee, to make sure that the policies that we have actually align with this vision. Uh, and that's where I struggle with this, um, because otherwise we're not gonna be, we're gonna be, you know, called hypocrites, so. And, and you know what, Chris, we, I agree. And I think this is a work in progress. You know, we're starting with the policies. So I feel we are moving in that direction because I too agree with these statements. So we do have to update in time our policies. I and mean, I think uh, we also went through those policies in very, with a, a pretty fine tooth comb and we had to align them at yeah. a certain point mm -hmm. with yeah. the law. But, you know, we can always add on <clears throat> or, you know, as we evolve. Yeah. So I think a vision statement is less about the specific, the policy intents have been there. Now, if in the wordsmithing, Chris, uh, you don't believe that that's, my statement is correct, um, I'm sorry about that. What a great opportunity for us to be able to go back and take a look and define those. But I yeah. also think that a vision statement and the, uh, the intent and the direction of our policies has always been towards full equity. So. It's, I'm gonna kind of reflect kind of what Tim was saying. Um, a separate vision statement feels distracting to me in the sense of um, why, why couldn't these points be a part of our common vision statement, I guess, that we have for the district. Um, so having one separately for cultural responsiveness, um, you know, as an internal document, sure. And I guess I echo what Chris was saying on this one. This is an internal document as an external document um, in that sense. Um, and, you know, I hope that we, you know, I agree with all the things on this list. So um, I'm just wondering if, you know, if, if us voting on it allows the school district to move forward with them, then by all means we should vote on it and do, you know, so that the work can commence internally with our, our learning community as a whole. Um, as a you know public facing point, I guess I don't know. I if it's important, then we should do it in that sense. Uh, but I guess I kind of echo the the same idea. It'll be part of our strategic plan to to meet this you know this vision along with all the other things about that we want for our school district. Right at the end of it. So I guess that's my only question. I mean, can we vote on this vision statement, say that we are in support of it, and then as part of our strategic plan, really be looking at our mission statement and incorporating that? And incorporating that it. Into, I guess that was my question. Right? Like, because, should it be incorporated as something so it's not special, it's just what we do? Right. right? I guess that's, I'm not, I don't want to take away from the impact that you, the that you were pitching here either, um, Nat, and, and whatnot. I, that's not my, my, I'm not questioning the value. I'm just saying, like, are we muddying the waters with so many, so many different visions? I think visions. clarifying it in yeah. terms of, you just said at your last statement, this is just what we do, you right. know? So I, I suppose me personally, I don't see a, 
I think this is important to sure. do. I think it's I important agree. to yeah. give clarity. Um, you miss Lily's statement. <clears throat> She's like, this is just stuff we do. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for it, you know, so. so but it Lily, needs to be you, written down. Yes, exactly. In yeah. this direction. And, um, That's helpful for me. I, I get it. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I guess I'm just looking for clarity. I guess in the same idea of the. Yeah, so and this so would I, I go back it. to the, the scenario, though. I just I agree, and I would say it's it's something that's is the administration is driving. The focus is on teaching and learning, so we should state that in the vision statement. And and I feel more comfortable with it. It's because if if that's what to say. Culture responsive vision statement to me implies across the board, students, families, community. That's pro a, like like, that's like the last bullet. bullet. Partner yeah. with families, caregivers, and community members <clears throat> and organizations to promote the learning and growth of all students. Within for everything we do, I just I I'm getting tripped up on that. If if it's for we, I don't think we did that. It was this process as I've heard it, and I'm not saying, I, I love the process, I wish we could move this faster, so I'm not trying to slow it up. This, this is the, some of the most important things we, we do. Yeah, I but suppose, I just, I, I'm so, so not, I'm just, I do get tripped up did teaching Did this come out leading. of the DEI task force as well? So, Dr. I mean, this is, this is, this is for the faculty, this is for the staff, is. this is our guiding, our guiding state, guiding statements for what we do in this work yes. internally. That's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. so, so, and I'm all for yeah. it. Then I would suggest that you can support it, and, and it like, and we can vote I do on support it. it. <laughs> I, I know, and, and it, it doesn't. So let's put that in though when it's a vision statement that it's, it is for, for teaching and leading. Th that's, I mean, the um, link that you you have goes. That's exactly what it reads when you read when you read the um, right MASC. It says. I mean, reading culturally responsive teaching and leading. So if it's if that's where the baseline is, then I, the only, that's the only area I, I love it. I, I want to be very so. Would clear. it be better if it said culturally responsive vision statement for teaching and leading? Correct. Yeah, because it's it's keeping it with what the process is, and it, that is consistent with with the um, the Desi link as well that that you say it was modeled after. Yeah. And, and and I don't, Nat, I was like, uh, uh, you know, sincerely, I said, was there any reason we chose, to, if, if they said no, we chose to, to keep the teaching and leading out because we're saying something broader. I, I suppose I'm thinking just as a title because they, they include the link that actually says culturally responsive teaching and leading. So I'm thinking correct. Maybe the, but then we've got the English former head of department, English teacher here. <laughs> what do you say, Brenda? Yes. And that's very much mm -hmm. within staff. That's very much within, right? Which supports the learning. Which which yeah. which I think is a universal issue. To to to. Yes, exactly. But mm -hmm. standard practices. Mm 
I, I don't know. It seems more procedural than it is actually just a practice being a, being a vision, being that which we hold ourselves to. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure why. So, so let me ask it a different way. I'm going to ask smithing. the same question, the same question that I opened it. it. What bad things happen if if it was culture responsive teaching and leading vision statement? No, no. I, and is there anybody anybody on the committee here who says I don't? Yeah. I want it to be a broader statement that goes beyond teaching and leading. Well, here's my concern when we have too many guiding things in school districts, and it came by my, my experience in technology. You hire a technology teacher to come in to help coach teachers how to use technology in the classroom. I'm using this as an example. But what happens is that person becomes the technology person and that it doesn't have to be done in practice in pedagogy because it is not part of the embedded grain of the how we do business. So when things are isolated in, um, in a separate spot as opposed to just the one guiding light that we have sometimes, it becomes just that. It's that extra thing as opposed just to the way we conduct business. So I'm using that as an example. So if we have this vision statement, we have our own vision statement, you know, our, our main one. Now we've got two. I guess my question is, is if this is at this moment, not really a replacement of our vision statement, then let's just vote it and let them go forward with the, you know, for the staff and everything else. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I believe in everything on the paper. Um, is it the vision statement, the main vision statement for the Medfield Public Schools? No, it's not. It's different. That's right. It's di- that's what I'm it's saying. Different. And it's now. I see. see that way of like, like there's really, if it's not been that important to really spell out that work. And I think because a lot of schools are truly, have, just haven't been a part of what we do. So it's that important to really put that emphasis. Does it fall under that? Yeah, but it's look at the very distinct lens as a broader lens. And, and can you just repeat who was, um, how many people and who were involved in this? You said, because this was like staff, uh, this was R&D over the summer. And then so 35 staff, you took this to leadership, you took this to the department heads. So I am personally comfortable bringing this to a vote, considering the the diligence that, and the deep dive that went into this work. And um, if the committee is ready, if someone is open to making, I make a motion. a motion to accept the vision statement as written, um, and uh, to signal that the school committee is entirely. Uh, supportive of this work, and we consider it a um, an integral part of teaching and learning for our students and for our staff. Second, Michelle Kirkby. Second. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 
Abstain. Oh, okay. Abstain. Okay. Um, so four in favor and one abstention and, tonight. And, and the abstain is I would like it to specifically call out teaching and learning those last four through two words. I just think that because um, that was the process that was followed. It was for it was for them. Well, you so I, it's, I, I want to be clear. Yes. I support every word on this. Okay. I'm asking for three more okay. for, for so others don't have the same confusion I did. That's that's why I abstain. Okay. All right. Um, next thing on the agenda. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank you, you for being flexible too. And any other ways that I'm sure my colleagues would agree. Any other ways that we can support, we Agreed. we will. Sorry about the cheap shot, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> And it won't be the last, my friend. It won't be the last. <laughs> All right. Bye there. Bye. Thank you. All righty. Policy. Second reading discussion. Tim Knight, will you Ooh, lead I get this, to please? Read this. Yes. Let me see. I had a couple notes about this. So, okay. Uh, the policy discussion. If you remember, I think we did the first reading on BEDH and BEDHE. Yes. Uh, last time, and I think there was there was some good dialogue that we heard, um, you know, during that. Uh, and I, I was there was one area that troubled me that after after we exited. So I, I wanted to just um, kind of walk through history. How did we get here first? Yes, and why did we go here? Yeah. Um, what did we come up with? What did I find troubling? And how might we want to fix it? How would I suggest it? So, which, which you'll see. Um, so, per personally, I would, I would, what drivers? Why do we even open up the policy? I, I find the current policy to be confusing, um, specifically limiting the initial public comment to items not on the agenda, <coughs> then reopening it up for each agenda item causes confusion and, in some cases, do we always reopen it up? Um, so that that was one. Two, um, if you were to say people have there's something on the agenda that has a lot of people who want to speak to it, and it's eighth item on the agenda. A lot of these people are, you know, um, parents with young children. They would have to wait until two, three hours into the meeting to cover that, and that's not ideal for the public. But that's what our policy reads. Um, third, I think it's inefficient to have to call public comment for every item on the agenda. Just I think we can run ourselves more efficiently. efficiently. And then the fourth issue was risk of policy violations. So what happens when we take it to vote, or policy to vote, and we forget? And I don't know exactly what happens, but I do know um, I don't like when we you know, um, are called out for violating something and have to put resources into legal folks and figure that out. So those were the four reasons where I looked at it and said, hey, I, you know, and, and also then viewing it, and I think some others may have gone to the MASC conferences between the summer and now. So the new policy, I think, that we proposed eliminate, you know, solves that. So I thought that was, that was great. Um, but what I didn't 
you know, and, and I think it came up on in the conversation. Well, what happens when, um, you know, what the, the, the risk would be we're voting on topic X and we have discussion about it and there's some back and forth and somebody on the committee says, well, I know from statistics of these districts, this is the average, say it's a salary, this is the average salary. And because of that information, I think you all should support it. I'm like, gee, I didn't know that, but you know, Theo's a really smart guy and he knows these things. Great. I would say, well, that might be an area where somebody in the public might say, hey, this is what I learned and it would be great that they have that opportunity before a matter that we vote on. So that's the area that I was troubled by. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll pause for a minute. I don't know if anyone else, um, like I just didn't feel great about it. Like, hey, I, it's an unintended consequence. It wasn't the purpose. It, it wasn't a driver at all. I, we welcome and we want that public input. Agreed. I want it to run more efficiently. Yeah. Um, and then I'm in trouble. I'm like, well, then are we going to have to open it up on every agenda item again? Right. And, and so we're going backwards. And so, so we haven't actually uh, enabled ourselves to run the meeting more efficiently, which is but and more equitably, because that's the other issues that we we want to hear from everyone. Right. Yeah. In the same amount of time. And I think. Yeah. Co correct. So, so th then. The, the, the area that I found that was the area that I found most troubling was not being able to, you know, in that situation, we don't hear from it. So what I suggested and we included in the packet was just adding another sentence. And it's it's in the packet if you want to read it. But the sentence reads for agenda topics that require a vote. Individuals may request to open up public comment after discussion <clears throat> and prior to the vote to address any discussion items which may have occurred amongst the school committee. Should this occur, all guidelines for public public comment will be maintained. Um, so, and, and just one- I think it's a good statement. Yeah, I just yeah and, and I think in, in the event that nobody calls for it, from our side, nobody from the public says that either at the beginning of the meeting, hey, I'd like this. Yeah. We're not inadvertently violating a policy. Yeah. So that's where I, I think it, it opens that up. Um, and it would be the onus on the public to say, hey, before we have this vote, I'd yeah. like to do it. So um, that that was the, I'm sorry to be long-winded. Maybe it's my night. I've probably said more words tonight than I have in the last <laughs> two years. Um, but that, that I thought was a positive and it still allows us to, um, it's not as plenty of flaws, it's not, not perfect, but it, it at least um, helps with what we were originally setting out to do. The intent. And it doesn't, yeah. um, it still does protect um, the input that we, we value, yeah. Um, for, you know, so so that's that would be the one um, change. And I know we've also removed it from a vote, which um, is okay by me as well. Um, but it, that's I'm bringing that to the you know, four other members of the committee. So the new proposal right now would open up public comment at the beginning, and now members of our community could speak to us on anything under the purview of the school committee. And then going forward, we'd start our regular meeting. And then if there was something that we were voting on, then members of the public could raise their hand to come and make additional comments. Okay. Could we, um, could we think about, just briefly, that is indeed the purview of the chair, right? And if we are trying to provide equity by allowing people to speak all at once, right? 
Um, but we have seen that there is a significant amount of interest in a specific vote. Um, could that be something that is an option for the chair to do, right? Um, and that the chair may also, because it is essentially the chair's meeting. Um, and again, I'm afraid that if we just kind of put this blanket statement in that the, the public can say, hey, by the way, I want to comment on that, then we're not actually helping ourselves increase equity or helping ourselves run the meeting in a way that increases um, efficiency. Because I do think that, you know, we end up getting mm -hmm. caught in these kind of discussions where... Can we ask that everybody speak at the beginning? And then if they really need to say something again, like could you have something? Well, I mean, so, so can, the yeah, I'll tell you. So I, 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 um, I definitely, that there. was my first yeah. thought. The chair may choose to open up Mm -hmm. public comment and again there it's the onus is on the chair 10 years 20 years from now when none of us are here somebody may not even know and it may not occur and and the well, public that's... has there's nothing the public can do about it so but i i do actually i i kept it I mean, um, written down. the way know that the chair can open it. Yeah, correct but, but if the chair doesn't there, it, it's it's that's Every what it is. is different. Well, yeah. can, so we can. can I think that that's something that we should be working say. on anyway. So, <laughs> so correct. So it could say to me, do you want the um, unilateral control over that one, you know, public um, input after discussion and before a vote to be up to the chair? It's okay. You know, I mean, I'm one vote. I, I personally, I said, well. If, if and, and then the second part was, is it at the beginning of the meeting? Somebody could say, hey, I see, you know, um, we're voting on salary in agenda number seven. Can we open that up? We could have a sign yes. up at the beginning. Correct. That's OK by me. I, and I just I just think it's I didn't say whether it's at the beginning of the meeting or in prior to agenda number eight in the event that somebody isn't here. I mean, let's talk I, about the reality of what happens in our meetings <clears throat> when there's a hot button item on our agenda the chair moves it to the top and we get it out of the way first right that's generally what happens in our meetings correct i mean am i wrong generally but yeah. I, I we have to assume that we're, we're going to have different chairs and people sure. are going to interpret things differently and people have different styles I get it. Yep. so i think we i think to tim's point that this language I, i'm actually i, I like this language yeah, i me think too. Yeah. you know i think when we leave it out um then it's it's one misperception that we are not listening to folks and two it's just it's it's in there that we gotcha. will if if people want to say something we want to listen we do despite right. what you know so it's yeah. but going forward we can have people speak on that same topic at the beginning yes. and then again yes right before yes okay. yes 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 perfect the thing that I personally like about this restructuring is that, as Jess was saying, I feel like it's really more equitable to our entire community. Our current model places a really strong point of friction around time and possible monetary burden on parents like myself. I mean, I have three young kids and my spouse travels. Lily's helped me out sometimes. There are um, just so many times that I've wanted to attend meetings in town and other things. And I'm, I have to evaluate the time commitment, which can be over three hours, as well as a possible monetary 
burden on our family for me to have a sitter. So and early if you're zooming in. Yeah, you don't still you don't know. I mean, we've all had little kids. You don't know what might be happening between the hours of seven to ten, God forbid. But yeah. And earlier this year there was a parent that came and he was here prior to seven o'clock and he sat through the entire meeting. It wasn't something we were voting on, but he had something that he really wanted to talk about on a specific agenda item. And I don't think his time came up until close to nine thirty. So he was away from his family for at least three hours to speak. And he said he had very young children. He said that specifically. So I just feel that an update to this policy would allow all members of our community to know exactly what time they would be allowed to speak to us. And I think that's really important because we're looking at um, they could, you know, make their public comment and then they can choose whether they sit through the meeting here live or they can embrace Zoom and Medfield TV and continue to watch at home if they want to. And I just feel that this is really alleviating um, very real points of friction for many members of our community. And I hope that we're able to come to a consensus and update this policy soon so that we can give more people opportunity to be able to come speak during public comment. Um, I have to say, as, as having been chair, and I'm sure the NMA feels this way and anybody else here who will be chair at some point, nothing is more irksome than having to say, I'm sorry, I know you have something to say. I can't let you say it right now. That's the part of this policy that I've always hated the most. And yet we have to, right? Because otherwise, yeah. So if we can bring all comment up now, I, I think that's fantastic. I don't mind people talking or asking to be um, recognized from from the floor in between. I just think that I'm not sure that we want to be so prescriptive in it right now. If we were to say, and that's just my understanding from kind of the flow of the meeting. I mean, perhaps if, if within our procedures we were concrete enough to say, anticipated vote, which we have been trying to do over the last year and a half, two years. You know, this is an anticipated vote. And at that point, we could use that as a flag or an indicator that we would be happy to accept comment after our deliberation. Um, that's, that's fine. But, you know, just this kind of like, you can flag your hand after anything. I want to question minutes. I want to question this. I want to question that. It seems like so, it's not in the spirit of. No, I don't think so. so yeah. um, but, but for, I mean, right now it's written so that we should be stopping after minutes. We should be. You know, correct. That's, and that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. It, it's, what to me, yeah. Yeah. that's that's um, you could say we voted on um, sometimes it's charitable donations. Well, stop. Do we have public comment? I just think that's. Yeah. Um, you know, common sense says there's places where you will and places where you won't. But that's where I, you know, I think it, it clarifies for agenda topics that require a vote, they require after discussion and prior to the vote. Yeah. Right? So I, I don't think it, you know, it, it just, it simplifies, but still does, if somebody wants to comment after discussion and before a vote, we are bound to listen. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry to. Um, no, no, no. You, you're, you're good. 
I'm over I just here. Can't get For whatever reason, I can't, I can't get on on either device. Now, so. All right. So um, we are not voting on this tonight. Yeah. Let's. So what is the procedure on changes? It can be, we can make the changes during the reviews. So, so this would be considered our second reading and yeah. our next meeting, we would vote. Yeah, but so we'll but we're revising it though. Yes. We're yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. we have had I mean, instances we where we, we revise, yeah. you know, even after a first reading, yeah. you revise, everybody yeah. agrees yeah. and we could choose to vote. Gotcha. I just don't think it's um, before. Meeting. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. available before it's the meeting and our meeting up there now. So. Yep. Okay. I think it's fine. I, li I like the changes. I do too. Uh, yeah, I like so I think it's fine. I'm more comfortable with the update. Yeah. And I, and I hear you having the language in there takes out the nuance of different chairs. Yes. Like, yeah. No, we so, want to be clear. Yeah. We want to be clear. All right. Um, how about B E D H dash E, Tim? I haven't, the change that I made, or the change that I brought forward, um, I don't think impacted BEDH-E. Okay. So I was keeping it as is. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All righty. So we wouldn't need to bring that up for, um, okay, we did say it. Okay. Any other comments on this policy? All right. Well, and then that's where I think adhering to the policy as it reads today, then we can call public input. Correct. Even for the discussion, even if it's not a vote, because the way the policy reads today, right? Right, which yeah. we would need to, to do. So we, yeah. you know, I think I think what I'm hearing is we would be putting this in the packet for a vote in the next meeting. There will be discussion before, anyone mm -hmm. can change their mind. Yeah, yeah. But so if there, it's your um, yeah. call, but if there is any public comments, and I actually I haven't been watching this Zoom. Yeah. Um, did you want to any comments? I don't see anybody raising their hand in the yeah. Zoom. I think that, um, yeah. I had emailed, I, I didn't want to really eat up any time from the meeting on the comments because I, so I decided to email you guys. Hopefully, I don't know if you saw it, but I think it's, um, just if we're going to be using Mass Association of School Committees as an advisor on this project, and we're paying Mass Association of School Committees to do this, and we also have Mass General Law, that I think it's really important that this um, BEDHE guidelines for public comment does actually reflect um, the guidelines, and that this is a school committee meeting. The school committee chair, the school committee should decide what. Um, is on the agenda with guidance from the superintendent, but this is your meeting. This is a school committee meeting. And um, it is really up to you to decide ultimately um, how things are gonna be on the agenda uh, and who's gonna make ultimately make that decision. And I think that's really important. Um, I also think that I, there's a lot of people in the community right now that are just really perplexed as to why this is, this particular pol these particular policies are rising above all these other ones that are uh, that in a lot of ways people see as being more important. I mean, I was just looking back at the minutes and I saw that, you know, we had a big, there's a big change in law with regard to suspensions, student suspensions. Where is that policy change? We voted on we that. We voted list. on that. Well, we put it in the handbook and yeah. then we'll incorporate it into our policy, but that would go through the first reading, second reading and yeah, so I'm just saying there are other examples of policies that are a heck of a lot more important than this one at this point in time that we are missing, that we've been missing for a long time. 
that don't don't comply to legal mandates. And a lot of people have been asking this question: Why is this one so important? Why did this one rise to the top instead of all these other ones? So that's that's it. I think that we were actually trying to just go in order through A, B, C, and that we've been kind of wrestling with this one for a while. If that's what I remember the, the process was. We were taking them in batches as part of the uh, as part of the review. Right, and plus the Natick right. you know, hearing. So um right. wanted to be updated and all the reasons Tim stated mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah, we have to And we're getting we're we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> we are moving forward. Um all right. So next item on the agenda. Donations. Thank you, Madam Chair. We have several donations that I asked for your approval on. Um, $2,313.53 from Grennan Barrett to Medfield High School Student Activity Account. <clears throat> $1,000 from Thornburg Investment on behalf of Robert Joseph Costello IV to Memorial Gift Account. $378.89 from the Blake PTO to Blake Gift, Blake Gift Account for Middle Ages Project and $825 from Blake PTO to Blake Gift Account for Fundless Science. I ask that you approve as presented. So moved. Do we have a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 All right, that passes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you to the donations. Future agenda, um, <coughs> any informational items, sorry. I don't have any, Madam Chair. Okay. Any informational items from the committee? Anything? Wonderful concert you all missed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always. Yep. For the fifth grade band. So cute. Rocking, those. rocking it out. How about you, Lily? Home stretch. Yes. Um, I don't have much. Just like student council, we're starting to work on our Wooden Hearts fundraiser, which is like similar to like our candy canes, but we're going to sell Wooden Hearts at lunches in February and then all the profits go to the Dana Farber Foundation, I believe. Yeah. Um should we should we remind people kind of where that came from? Do you remember? I I do. Oh, the kids were like little. They were little, yeah. Really little. So the Wooden Hearts fundraiser began uh with the Augustini family. Where uh Jody Augustini, who was the parent, uh passed away, well fought for a very long time and passed away quite early in her life from breast cancer and her children continued that, that or began that fundraiser and continued it. So this is probably I mean, 10, 12 years now yeah. that it's kept going. And I just think that that's a really beautiful tribute, not only to, to Jody, but to the strength of her family for how, uh, how much we've been able to incorporate that into yeah. our student council. One of her sons was on the council last year Max, so, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah we've kind of continued talking to him a little bit about like where we get the stuff oh great cool. that's really wonderful thank you cool anything else i think that's all okay lovely um anyone else no all righty mm -hmm. so future agenda items we have the budget public hearing on january 26th we have pre-k 12 ela evaluation on the 26th we have the metro west adolescent health survey results that are going to be shared on February the 9th and our next meeting is the 26th. Do we have a motion to adjourn? So moved. So moved, Tim. Do we have a second? 
Second Michelle. Second Michelle Kirby. All in favor? Aye. 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 Alrighty. Thank you, folks. Thank you very much.